Hello, I'm Paco Alvarez and this is The Backstory from Type Investigations, where we sit down with our reporters and ask them to take us behind the scenes of their work. In this episode of The Backstory, we're speaking to members of Type's research team, which is responsible for ensuring our investigations are accurate through a rigorous fact-checking process. Hi, I'm Maha Ahmed and I'm the managing editor at Type Investigations. I'm Nina Swag, and I'm the assistant editor at Type Investigations. I'm Emma Davis, and I'm the Don and Doris Schaefer researcher at Type Investigations. In this conversation, Maha, Nina, and Emma walk us through Type's fact-checking process, talk about the toughest investigations they've had to fact-check, and give us their advice for how to make the fact-checking process run smoothly. Why is fact-checking important? How does the type fact-checking process differ from other publications? I can answer that question. I think fact-checking in general is really important because it you know, protects the, the organization, the reporter, and everyone involved with the story from legal action, which is every journalist's worst nightmare, I feel, is to you know have the retribution of like a difficult source or an antagonistic source. Um, but also from like an ethical standpoint, it's really important to just make sure that what we're putting out into the world is really vetted and verified. And, you know, for readers, when they're reading our stories to know that what they're looking at and what the information that they're taking in is confirmed as accurate. Um, I think you know, one of the most underrated benefits to fact-checking is that reader trust element. I think specifically at Type, you know, from what I know about their newsroom processes, I think it it varies, but we tend to be a little bit more on the rigorous end of the spectrum, I would say, uh, which I take a lot of pride in. And I, I hope that our fact-checkers also do who've come through our research program and have worked at type over the years. But I'd say that really from like, you know, what I've heard from various reporters, it's just like kind of a pain in the ass to be fact-checked at type um, in a good way, in a good way for the most part from what I have heard. And, you know, really everyone's kind of getting just like in really intense scrutiny on like basically every single sentence in their story. I think our fact checkers are always catching things that reporters didn't even think to, you know, think about in the reporting process, which makes sense. I think kind of highlights the importance of having that mechanism in place um, so that there's other people thinking about the questions that reporters are kind of mulling over for months and months and months. One of the benefits of fact checking that I think is less frequently discussed too is the fact that when you're doing a very rigorous fact-checking process, oftentimes the checker will uncover new information to supplement what the reporter has put into the story during the fact-checking process. So sometimes we're even building upon people's existing reporting and helping them make their stories better that way. I guess just jumping off of Maha's point about um, the fact checkers learning as they cycle through the program. Um, I'm currently doing the year long program. Um, and I can say that in terms of my past experience two types process is just so much more intensive in terms of really being like a word for word approach versus like just checking general overarching facts in the piece or names or things that people would commonly think of. It really is more of an intensive process than I had previously had coming into this experience as well. Another kind of underrated element of like why I think the fact-checking specifically that we do at Type is so key is that 
it's sort of like a mirror of the reporting process in general, which, you know, within the accountability like framework that we operate in is ideally taking these institutions and these people who have a lot of power and, you know, scrutinizing the claims that they've made or the actions that they have. And I think, you know, the work that we do as fact checkers where we're, you know, t- deciding how to evaluate a specific source and like how much credibility to lend it, whether it's coming from like a police department or like some other government source where maybe, you know, it's an official narrative of some kind, but we want to make sure that that's corroborated. I feel like it's a microcosm of the kinds of decisions that reporters and journalists in general are just making on a day-to-day basis. And like that same, that same sort of accountability framework applies within the process of fact-checking itself. Something I think all three of you kind of touched on, but how does the fact-checker work with the reporter and editor on the story? Where do they fit in? So where the fact-checker fits in in the process depends on the individual story. But one of the ways in which our fact-checking process at Type is unique is that the people who are doing it are often the same people who are helping reporters with research on their stories earlier in the reporting process. So sometimes we'll even be integrated in to a certain extent while the reporter is still working on the story. And then um, possibly the same person will even come back later to um, work on fact-checking that story. But in terms of the general process, the way we do it at Type is once a story has been edited, the fact checker will meet with the editor and discuss any potential difficulties that the editor thinks will come up during the check, any facts that were particularly tricky or uh, material that's still outstanding. Um, and then the fact checker connects with the reporter, usually through the editor. And at that point, the actual fact-checking process begins. If anyone wants to discuss that. One thing I'll say that I feel pretty proud of how we work at Type in terms of the fact-checking process is that I think the fact-checker has a lot of, holds a lot of weight in terms of their work and their suggestions and feedback to the editor and the uh, reporter in the process. So, you know, I think all of us has fact-checked in like a few different newsrooms before. In my experience, it sort of varies depending on the way the the newsroom is structured, but sometimes fact-checkers are, you know, not even really interfacing directly with uh, reporters, sometimes their changes are more suggestions than taken as potential actual edits. And I think everyone at Type would agree that fact checkers are seen as like equal partners in the process, which I think is really, really important in order for the fact check as a process to work as well as it can. I think that's when our best work happens. Um, and in terms of the actual process. Yeah, I'm not sure how specific to get, but what I'll say is that usually when the fact check is starting after the editors and and uh, myself as the head of the research team uh, at this point in time um, 
kind of get everyone onboarded onto the process. Basically, the um, fact checker is working closely with the reporter to go through all of the sources that they've handed over for their uh, story and just looking back through that sourcing and making sure that um, not only is the stuff that's, you know, cited from that source accurate within the piece itself, but also just making sure that any kind of interpretation that's going on, any sort of context that's being given um, isn't missing or isn't, you know, somewhat misleading. Um, I think that's a really important part of the fact check process in addition to just verifying smaller details. And then in keeping with that spirit of like equal partnership that I mentioned before, the fact checker meets with the editor at the end of the process once they've gone through and looked at all of that sourcing to give their feedback and edits and talk through any uh, bigger questions. And I guess too, to just add to the process question, um, I think something really unique to type as well as just the time that we're afforded to do fact checks for these types of intensive investigations. They can run for weeks and you actually have time to dig into really every word and every detail. And I think that also lends itself to having a really interesting relationship or balancing relationships between both the reporter and the editor and the fact checker and how that all works. Because it's as much as Maha says, often like diplomacy as it is um, actually getting into the the details of the actual work itself. Um, so that lends itself to, to a really interesting process. And I think, too, just as someone who's newer to fact-checking and to types process as well, I think the fact that stories can and do change so much from the beginning of a fact-check to when they officially run really does speak a lot to how much power the fact-check process has and just how how important the process is because stories can, can change dramatically. Yeah, honestly, like Emma mentioned, I will say, like, Fact-checking, probably more than some other parts of the journalistic process, really does test your interpersonal skills. I'll put it that way Um, in terms of just, you know, you're really making sure that you're not only being as rigorous as you can in your work, but also making sure you're maintaining that relationship with the reporter and the editor and the reporter's sources and you know, framing your feedback in specific ways where you're you're doing a lot of reassuring kind of in the work that you do, which, you know, people are, it's a, it's a vulnerable thing to like work for over a year in a lot of cases for the stories that we do on something that maybe a reporter has been like spending all of their time on and they can't see, they just get so deep in the process and they can be quite like vulnerable and doubtful by the time they get to our stage. So in addition to like, you know, making sure everything hands uh, stands up to that scrutiny, it's also kind of like serving this reassuring role that like your story is important and there's really valuable stuff in here. A lot of types of investigations deal with information from anonymous sources or leaked documents or contain allegations against specific organizations or government institutions. What are your approaches when fact-checking legally sensitive information? In terms of dealing with legally sensitive sources, um, I think, you know, that material can be kind of challenging because it's both the most important material to like get right and spend a lot of time on and also can be 
the trickiest to verify, you know, depending on like what the um, sourcing is for that material. But we luckily do have the help of, you know, lawyer that advises type on different investigations to sort of help make those calls, but and making sure that we're not saying anything that could, you know, necessarily get us into trouble. But I think the answer to that question really is that it's so important to make sure that the claims that you've identified as legally sensitive are super airtight. And, you know, I think a good rule of thumb is that those are the claims that need to have as much corroboration as possible. So like, let's say for smaller details, you um, are only looking at like a couple of sources or even like one source to just back up a claim. I think with legally sensitive material, the more sources you have that kind of speak to that claim and its accuracy, the better, because you kind of have to do this sort of like shift in mindset where you're thinking about what could be putting us in a difficult position if this were to make its way to court, you know, did we do our due diligence? And like the way to show that is that you're not just taking the word of like one source who, you know, uh, shared a piece of information with you and are really like going through exhausting all possible avenues to, um, to verify that information. So I think one particular type of legally sensitive fact in a story could be, I'm just going to give a very vague example, an evaluation of someone's qualifications or credentials in their field, for example. And as the fact checker, when you're in that situation, as Maha pointed out, you want to think about how theoretically down the line, you would be able to show someone in a legal setting or otherwise that you had done everything you could to verify that that claim was accurate and fairly framed. So if you are looking at a fact is, as I said, evaluating someone's credentials or qualifications, you as the fact checker would want to go to as many experts, for example, in that person's field as possible and interview those people and ask them to evaluate the claim that the reporter is making in the piece. And often that work is kind of invisible in a piece because you'll, you know, quote maybe one or two sources um, evaluating a claim, but underlying that there should be like an additional layer of many more sources, um, the more sensitive the claim is. Yeah, I think um, Nina's underlining a really important point of just our process too in general in terms of fact-checking is that it's not just about finding sourcing through like online databases or things that that are already out there and that you can research online, but reaching out to attorneys or experts or other people in the field to really get a sense of the accuracy of a quote. And that's that's part of the entirety of the fact-checking process. You're reaching out to actual human sources, both included in the piece and not. And I think too, I guess this is just a general framework for all facts, but especially sensitive ones. One of my favorite things to do is to try to find everything that I can to disprove a claim versus just trying to find a lot of corroboration because with so much information out there, um, it can be kind of an endless pool of verifying the sources that you are finding on about a given topic. Um, so I think approaching fact checking in that sort of way too is always helpful. What are the most difficult checks you all have done? What made them difficult? 
So I'd say um, some of the most difficult checks that I've done is I've checked the two stories that we've put out so far for the Inside Out Journalism Project. And those, um, which is a project Nina had spearheaded um, to support incarcerated reporters. And fact-checking those stories have, of course, posed some more unique challenges because the reporters themselves are incarcerated, which really limits the communication that we can have and you have to kind of approach it in a different way just given given the different logistics of what that looks like so for example for the latest analysis um piece from rasan thomas and while a lot of like the sourcing documents and notes um and like text of the article itself can be mailed to us um at the office during a more time sensitive fact check procedure mailing isn't feasible because it would be delayed by um several weeks so we really had to solely rely on, of course, phone calls. But given that Rasan was incarcerated at the time, um, that was very unpredictable. Um, he was only given brief amounts of time to talk to us on the phone, and they were often not able to, to be scheduled. So um, the editor and I were kind of on call for whenever he had time that we could ask him questions. So that really limits the, the just back and forth you're able to have with the reporter because in a typical fact check, you'd be able to email or follow up with calls as needed. Um, so it really kind of yeah, to tighten up the process um, and communicate in a different way. And I guess, too, navigating kind of the back and forth of all of those calls, a lot of the actual like review of fact check changes was different because we have to read word for word um, the changes to Rasan over the phone, which is different than having a reporter who has time to sit down with the text and comment on Google Docs or go back and forth about changes um, and approval. Um, so I think that was the most the most difficult type of check um, that I've done just in terms of the logistics of it. But I think um, the fact that we're able to still do a fact check of that nature really um, speaks to the uniqueness and the um, just efficiency of our process that it can be adapted to those types of situations. Um, it just looks a little different. So one fact check that in the past few years that I've been doing this has really stayed on my mind is actually the first feature story that I ever fact-checked at type, um, which went through the fact-check process in March, 2020, in the middle of the month, and was about 10,000 words long. It was a story on the case of Nikki Adamondo who was a young mom living in upstate New York with two kids who was prosecuted for the killing of her boyfriend, her kid's father, in what she said was self-defense. And the story was about the larger trend of survivors of sexual assault and domestic abuse being criminalized for defending themselves in situations in which their lives were at risk. Um, and the reporter of that story, Justine Vanderloon, was wonderful and had spent, off the top of my head, I can't remember how long, but a very long time working on it and was very devoted to it. Just the length of the story and particularly the sensitivity of the material made it very, very difficult. Um, and that, I think, more than any other story I've ever worked on required just such an integration of the checker into kind of the world of the story, like really absorbing Nikki's entire backstory and history, um, the history of her relationship with her partner and how 
their lives had been in the few years before his death. And just at the same time, the story also involved a lot of interviews with people who were close to the case in personal ways and discussing a lot of very traumatic material with them. So I really had to try to find a way to strike a balance between, you know, having those discussions with people in a way that didn't feel too kind of clinical um, or too, too journalistic. Um, because obviously when you're asking someone to recount something very traumatic, you, you know, don't necessarily want to come across as if you're just like poking at them for information. Um, but you also have to be careful about the way you speak to them because in the end you are having that conversation as a journalist and specifically for fact-checking purposes in this case. But yeah, that Justine ended up building on her reporting on Nikki's case um, in subsequent stories. And, you know, as part of the attention that her her work brought to that case, um, Nikki eventually retained counsel and um, went through the legal process again. And her, her sentence ended up being reduced. And yeah, just a lot of national attention was drawn to her case and to the issue of criminalized survivors in general. So yeah, I think that's an example of a very difficult, very legally sensitive story that had to really go through the ringer in the fact-checking process to make sure that everything was airtight. And in exchange for that, you got a payoff at the end in terms of getting the story out there and getting the sources story heard. It's a little less juicy because it's not specifics that I'm getting into, but in, you know, broad strokes, the kinds of stories and the kinds of sources that I feel like really in some ways test the like craft of fact-checking the most are ones that deal with, uh, you know, specifically sensitive sources. And what I mean by that is, you know, specifically sources that are in extremely vulnerable positions and coming from maybe vulnerable backgrounds. And it's the riskiest for those people to be even participating in the journalistic process, but then doing it again, you know, in the fact-checking process. Nina's situation um, that she described made me think about this. And, you know, I think the hardest thing is making sure that you're not, you know, putting the source that the journalist has already spent all of this time developing these relationships with in you know, any kind of uncomfortable position, any kind of like state of agitation or anything like that. And you really don't, you know, I think there can be some pressure when you're a fact checker on a story like that to make sure you're not putting the source at even further risk when the story comes out by getting everything correct. Uh, because, you know, I always tell fact checkers when I'm training them, which I do as part of my role at Type, is that, and that I tell reporters when I've done the like fact checking presentation for some of our reporting fellows, um, is that you're really doing 
your sources the biggest service by going through the fact-checking process in the end because it's their their experience and their um, story that's gonna you know be picked apart and like potentially torn to shreds if there's like one error in it when it comes out and you know that can do a lot to get in the way of their credibility and let's say you know especially when you have sources that are at risk of legal action against them or at risk of detention or you know something that risks their citizenship status like anything like that that is like really tricky like in terms of consequences I feel like is sort of where I fact checking process to be the most difficult and often like the most rewarding if it goes well so I think like that's I guess that's just one thing that I'll say but it's it is like it's very stressful (laughs) also at the same time my last question to make the fact-checking process less stressful what are things you wish reporters and editors did to to make the fact-checking process easier um i can talk a little bit about this first i think about this a lot because i would say as a person like on the day-to-day i'm not you know the most organized person and yet i feel like in my role as, you know, previously a fact checker, now kind of running the fact checking assignments at type and, you know, getting everyone on board to the process, like the biggest thing that I'm always kind of emphasizing to people and also that makes on a logistical level fact checking super hard a lot of times is when people aren't organized and i feel like a freak because i'm like you know always just getting people to be as meticulous as possible which is kind of you know not it's not super intuitive a lot of times that you know the way that you organize your material and even the way that you refer to it in your annotations when you're uh, getting ready for the fact check would have any consequences for how well your story is fact checked. But like, I would say that's like the number one thing that causes problems is just like lack of organization, um, of sources and material in my experience. One thing that I like evangelizing about mostly to other researchers and fact checkers is the utility of annotating your draft as you are writing it, as opposed to before the fact-checking process is going to start. So I forget if if we mentioned this specifically yet, but the way that we have reporters provide us with their sourcing before a fact-check is by footnoting facts in their draft. And I have always thought that it would be a good idea to integrate that earlier into the process and you know maybe try to do something like that while you're drafting um i'm actually working on a draft right now and i've been doing it with endnotes so that i don't have a giant chunk of footnotes at the end of each page makes it more manageable to read the document i understand why reporters do not want to do this but it ends up being very helpful in the fact-checking process and i do think it's very helpful for organizing your reporting as well so yeah that's my my cause. Yeah, I guess just to really add to that very briefly, I guess, so fact checking like at type isn't an afterthought. So I guess I'd say that it's important that reporters also don't view it that way and think about it, as Nina said, um, 
from the start of their reporting, keeping track of sourcing and how they're getting to conclusions and all of that from the very start of the process um, in general. I'll add to that sometime. I feel like, you know, the like level of organization and just being on top of your material that is like kind of required for a successful fact-checking process. I feel like it's somewhat like antithetical to the archetype of like the like bootstrapping roving reporter who's just on the ground and scribbles their notes on like a notepad and like is kind of just like, you know, getting people to like confess all this material. And I think that that is sort of this like romanticized version of reporting that often doesn't lead to a lot of protection and honestly, a lot of accuracy in a final product, unless, you know, you're taking that and translating it into something that can be um, checked. And I will say like, you know, kind of going along with that, in addition to organization, I think attitude is really important. And I think that a lot of reporters just don't really like being fact-checked. You know, a lot of them do. And those are my favorite ones to work with. And, you know, the ones who can see the fact-checking process as sort of a challenge to their credibility or, you know, questioning their skills um, and can get kind of, you know, some reporters get quite argumentative with fact-checkers who are kind of just doing their job and asking questions. And really at the end of the day, what I think a lot of reporters could benefit from keeping in mind is that fact-checkers aren't, in most cases, getting credit for their work. And so the only reason that they're really spending all of this time doing that work and asking you those questions and like, you know, doing things that maybe feel like interrogation sometimes are to like support you as a reporter and uh, make sure that you're not in any trouble like once the story comes out. And so I think the more that reporters can see fact trackers when they do have you know fact trackers working on their material as again you know part equal partners in the process and really there to support the story because ultimately that's what's most important in any editorial process is like the integrity of the story itself and the people that it's about If you'd like to join the research team, you can apply to be the 2023-2024 Don and Doris Schaefer Researcher, which is a year-long entry-level position for researchers and fact-checkers with an interest in investigative journalism. Applications are due March 26th at 11.59pm Eastern Time. You can find a link to the application in the show notes. A transcript of this backstory is available at typeinvestigations.org backstory.